Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for all the good things that you've done for us, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord, both spoken and written, that it's here for us as a guide, Lord, in addition to your Holy Spirit, so that we're able to pursue all that you have given us to do, Lord, with all excellence, Lord, and all fervor, Lord, so that we can finish the race that you've set before us, Lord. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in in Christ, Lord, our partners and our listeners, and we're thanking you for blessing them, Lord, and you're keeping them and protecting them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word in the book of Ephesians. So I'd just like to encourage you at this time, because we are continuing to discuss in chapter 2, verses 14 through 22, I'd like to encourage you to go ahead and, whether it's your first time joining us or you have joined us in a previous episode, pause it and just take time and opportunity to read that to make it easier to follow along in the conversation, in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And at this time, I'm going to open the floor up to each of you to give you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions you might have. Um, and we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 22. 22, yes. Okay, all right. So who'd like to begin? I would. Oh, promise, did you have something you want to say? Which well, as you can go. Well, what the Lord was showing and sharing with me, and thank you, promise, for that. Um, what the Lord was showing and sharing with me is that when we look here, that Paul is talking about all the things that Christ has done for us in our lives, the Lord reminded me of, inside of Romans, I believe, it's in the later chapters, he says that we are grafted into Christ. And the Lord was just showing um, and pointing out to me, while he has made peace, we have to do our part to maintain it. There's never a part, or there's nothing in a tree that fights against itself. The tree won't survive if that's the case. Um, it will be dead. And how the same is true in our own lives. Yes, while the Lord has adopted us, we still have to go and walk forth in that. We have the opportunity and the, I'd say, ability to prune ourselves essentially from the tree. We can cut ourselves off if we choose to. Sure, that's not what the Lord wants, but we have to understand that with there no longer being enmity does not mean that um, everybody's going to be doing what you want. We still have a role to play in, be, in walking in this peace. We see that in the ministry of Jesus. Just because Jesus came didn't mean everybody was peaceful with him. Mm-hmm. They tried to do all sorts of things to him, even while he was doing nothing. But he still had an obligation to walk in peace towards them. And that's something that we have to do. We're not supposed to be looking for others to be peaceful towards us, so we're peaceful towards you. We're supposed to be looking for everything that the Lord has for us. Um, we know that there is going to be persecution and there's going to be people who come against us. We see that especially with Paul inside of Acts how there are always people doing something to him 
or almost always trying to come against him as he was doing the things of God, but he was still able to walk in peace because he was listening and following to what the Lord had told him in the moment and previously. Mm-hmm. And with that, so if that that's essentially what we're supposed to be doing, and that's a major part, but we have to consider that um, in Christ being the cornerstone, it's, the cornerstone is something that all the building's based off of. If the cornerstone's crooked, your building's going to be crooked. Amen. So if we're no longer following what the Lord wants and we're trying to deviate from them, like deviate from the cornerstone, um, Dad, you so when there's a box and you come off offline, you're going to start you know, coming at a diagonal. Same is true in our own lives when we're no longer trying to follow Christ all the way, when we just take some of his principles and some of, some of the things that he said and leave out others, then we start to shift away from him and going towards the site of enmity again. We're no longer walking in the peace that he's given us because we're knocking, not walking with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like your, your examples there, sir. That's why there's a plumb line, right? Yes. So you have the cornerstone and there are plumb lines which show you both top to bottom and left to right, right to left, right, east to west, if you will, if it's lined up. Nobody wants a house with wavy walls, whether that's going from top down or from right to left, left to right, right? Yes. Everybody wants it to be smooth, straight, perfect, right? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> for for a number of reasons. One, the structural integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. As, as well as everything else. Have you ever tried to hang a picture or something on a wavy wall? It, it doesn't work out very well. All right. Mm-hmm. So, and and also the scripture that you you brought up or you're referencing is in Romans 11. It begins in verse 17. Actually, the whole thought begins in verse 11 and extends pretty much to the rest of the chapter. But in verse 17, he said, And if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, Do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. So here you have two examples. You have Christ as the cornerstone, right? Which he is. He's the chief cornerstone. And he's the root. We're told to be rooted and grounded in him or in love. And God is love. So in doing that, the way the Lord established it and set it up. The structure that he provided, that middle wall of separation that he was referencing here in verse 14 is torn down, but also it shows both groups, whether it's Jew or Gentile. And I say Gentile, those that were of the Gentiles, the nations that came in to the the grace and mercy provided in Christ through faith if you will, are one, are the same, are the now have been grafted in as the seed of Abraham also. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So, yes. but in both instances, you know, I think we talked about this in the previous episode, and for both groups of people, they're now one group of people. Everyone is to be dependent upon the Lord, not each other, and not try to separate or exclude others from receiving the same benefit and blessings that we are receiving. 
You understand? There, there should be no competition in that sense in the body of Christ. The Lord is no respecter of persons. He views and loves everybody equally. So it's not my job or my role. I would be in opposition to the Lord if I was trying to exclude someone else or prevent someone else from receiving the fullness of everything the Lord has for them in their life. Okay? You understand? You understand? Amen. Do you have more to more to add, sir? Um, yes, Dad, but I need to find a scripture, so probably she can go in the interim if you don't okay. mind. Okay. I don't mind. Um, Both which house you mentioned inside of the when you first began about how that the Lord is our peace, and then Dad later you mentioned how that the wall of separation is torn down, and the Lord brought me to First Peter first sorry chapter two, verse nine through ten, and it says, "But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may be proclaimed." That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the, out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now a people now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And you can see um, both those ideas exemplified here that the only way we can have peace is underneath the Lord. If you read about if you read inside of Corinthians, I believe, it talks about how that everybody will be underneath the Lord. You can also read that side of Psalms where it said um, that he would make his enemies the footstool. And only that's the only way that we can have peace and have unity inside of him. Then I would like to bring you to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verse 19. And it says, For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. And you can see inside a section of scripture, the biggest part of factions is whether or not you're following the Lord. That's the biggest division that there's ever going to be. And those who don't follow the Lord, we read about throughout the Bible, they're in, and that those who follow the Lord, the Lord, if you read outside Revelation 21, says that the Lord will wipe away all their tears, and as a result, they're going to have peace. And... Which I was as you said, that peace isn't that everybody's going to be agreeing with you and doing whatever you want them to do. It's that they're ultimately submitted to the Lord. And that when they're submitted to the Lord, and I'm not exactly sure what it talks about this, but Paul talks about the body of Christ. And how you can't say, I don't need this part of the body, and say that only, well, your part of the body would suffice, as that's good enough. But it's the head that directs what the body's doing and how... Um, mommy, I believe you talk about this, that anything with more than anything that's out of proportion or that's missing a certain body part isn't right. And how everything's needed to function together and, and peace and harmony and peace. Mm-hmm. Did you find the scripture? Um, you were referencing First uh, Corinthians twelve mm-hmm. twenty one, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Um, go ahead, promise. Was that all you wanted to say? Or yeah. Charles, you ready? Okay. Mommy, did you have something you wanted to say? Um, I will after you speak. Go ahead, honey. Oh, well, Mommy, you might want to go ahead. Well, what the Lord was showing and sharing with me was 
um, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I have the gist of it where um, Paul talks about how he was like a wise master builder in which he built on the foundation, which is Christ. That might be Roman somewhere, but I'm not sure. I'll look for it. And how the Lord was just remind me that something that we have to be considerate on of as well. And most times we tend to think that the Lord is the one who's has who's doing all the building. We think that, okay, Lord, you're going to do all these things for me and you're going to make sure I get into heaven. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. The Lord has laid the foundation for us. And mm -hmm. we see Jesus say inside the gospel is greater works than these will you do. Meaning that we're supposed to be building off of that, not trying to replace Jesus as the foundation, but mm -hmm. building and go achieving higher things. But mm -hmm. let me rephrase that. Meaning you can't achieve anything higher than Christ because he was God and he was perfect, but we should not be selling for what the disciples had selling for what they experienced, but we should be trying to get closer to God than the previous people before us, instead of looking back at them and saying they were the best. And that's something that we have to be, um, under, we have to understand was that when Christ laid the foundation, it wasn't for him to continue building the building while he is the builder, the entire builder, we are supposed to be bringing the materials essentially to him so he can stack it where he wants us to go. He gave the example on a construction site. There's a manager. He tells people what to do, where to put the stuff, but he's not necessarily doing it himself. Meaning he's not necessarily lifting the steel timber, not timber, mm -hmm. steel beams and whatnot. Yes. So your the scripture that you referenced was 1 Corinthians 3, 10. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So you're right. As Paul was speaking here, he's not the one who laid the foundation. Christ laid the foundation, but he's talking about in the work that God assigned for him to do. He laid that foundation as Christ and began to move forward. And then there were other people coming in who were also ministers that were ministering to the same people and still building attempting to build up or working towards building up the people that the Lord was want that the Lord desired to be ministered to. So I think something that's important to understand as, as you're talking with Charles is that it's not a competition and it's not, we pick out what we do for ourselves. Christ has in being the head, he is appointed roles and responsibilities for us. He's appointed good works for us to do in his name and the mm -hmm. life that he has created for us, that we should walk in them so that we are able to fulfill everything that he wants us personally to fulfill, but also everything that he has designed in his grand overarching plan will also be fulfilled as well. If I do what God told me to do, and I've complete that. And then you do what God told you to do and you complete that. And then each of us does what God told us to do. And we complete it by the grace of God. Then the whole work will be done. The whole picture will be finished, but I don't get to choose for myself and go, I'm going to build a tower to heaven because that's where I think I should go. Because that sounds a whole lot like who Nimrod, the tower of Babel. I'm going to do what I want to do. Lord, you just sit back and watch. That's ungodly. That's unloving, it's ungodly, and it's unscriptural. So we're not competing with the early apostles. We're not a competing with our brothers and sisters in Christ now. Yes, the Lord said we would do greater works, but those are the only the works that God has assigned for us from the foundation of the world, not works we ourselves choose. Because if it were the case that we could choose our own works, he would not have said each one's works are going to be tried by fire. 
and what remains, which what the works that we did that were based on the truth of God's word for us and the assignment we have, those will remain. Those will be rewarded for, but everything else will be burned up like chaff. And we will suffer loss. So if you spend your whole life building fleshly and carnal works, works of your own ideas, that's going to be suffered loss when the fire comes, right? The, the yes. purification of it, the challenging of what it is appears, it's going to be loss. However, if we complete what God told us to do and what he's assigned for us, that will be gain or reward for us. So keeping that in mind in that clear perspective. Now, when Paul is talking here and all of this, and, and even going back to the beginning of the book of Ephesians, he's saying there's levels of awareness that have been awakened. First, we were in carnality and all we could see were carnal thoughts and ideas, fleshly movements, fleshly actions, thinking, you know, and using a mind that is without Christ. Right. And that is darkness. Then the next level has been religious understanding based on uh, the for some, the traditional law of Moses. And others just understanding certain ideas and concepts. Roman talks about the the very nature of God being written on the inside of us so that even if we don't have the law of Moses, we're without excuse for violating him because it's already in us. Mm-hmm. He's already left this um, remnant or residue of who he is on the inside of us so that we, we know it and recognize it, even if no one has explained it to us. Right? Yes. Mom. You can go back yes. and read Romans chapter one to, to capture that. Um, but now he's talking about something different. That's even higher than all of this, that it's not about, Jew or Gentile, that's neither here nor there to the Lord. This is about God's spiritual plan that he is reuniting the heavenly community all back into one. So he's saying, come from carnal, then you've gone to religious. Now, the Lord is talking about something that's above that, the spiritual mindset that says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, this religious part was taught, but it was just a temporary keeper until the higher thing could be revealed and understood and captured um, as administered by the Lord revealing it from the, by the Holy Spirit. Now, once that comes, we have to transition our mindset to seeing that perspective versus looking at a carnal perspective or even a religious perspective, because that's where God is. That's what God is talking about. So it's a, a progression moving from being in darkness and without the light of God, to now you understand religious concepts, to now you are on the spiritual concepts that is based on the truth of the blood of Jesus Christ and what he has officially and efficiently and formally done for us when he literally came in the earth and died and then was raised again. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we, we have to move up in our mindset. Honey, did you have something you wanted to say? No, Promise had more to share. So I'll let Promise go. Okay. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome, sir. Um, Lachash, you brought up an interesting point about the Lord being our cornerstone. And I would like to clarify, um, clarify that and help the re- not reader, listener understand what a cornerstone does. The cornerstone makes sure all the other stones are in line so that when the foundation is built, that it's secure. And I would like to read um verse 21 and 22 of inside of ephesians 2 and it says 
in whom the whole building, being fit together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You read also inside of Hebrews how the Lord is building the temple, but ultimately it's not talking about the, that the Lord is physically doing all the work. The Lord is the one that's directing our movements, and as a result, instead of us being straight out of the way and making the building weak, because if the built blocks are out of the way, it's weak, that we're also fitted and inside of the right way as a result that the body so that the body of Christ inside of the Lord is strong. Amen. 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 And just one more last uh, one more point of clarification for what I was saying. The religious mind says that there's two people groups, Jews and Gentiles, but the spiritual mind says there's for Christ or believers and unbelievers. That's how the Lord is governing it because that's uh-huh. who's going to enter into heaven later it's not based on jews or gentiles or male or female it is believer in the name of the lord jesus christ and who has received covenant relationship with him and not amen sheep and goats right amen yes as you see throughout scripture amen those that are for the lord and those against him so i encourage you to choose the lord and be for the lord and everything allow amen. him to have uh, I'll say his rule and reign over your life in every area and aspect of it. Glory to God. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us the ability to understand you, Lord, and that you've sent your Holy Spirit, Lord, and that you disclose the secrets of you, Lord, to us, Lord, so that we can walk inside of you, Lord, and not stumble in any way, Lord. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I ask just thank you for giving us strength and the ability and the perseverance to do all that you've asked us to do, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.